0: I can't do that. Hi everybody! Hello! Welcome to another exciting episode of I'm Horrified. oh, I, I like the pause. I thought I would do like a different take this time. I wanna I wanna mix it up for our audience.
1: I love it. I feel like I'm I'm like with like a, you know,
0: like a Shakespearean actor who's like giving me a different line read every time. Always trying things. My favorite thing from acting that I've brought into my real life um, from back in the days when we were theater people is um strong but wrong so like um, oh yeah you always want to be making a strong choice even if it ends up being wrong you just go like okay that was strong but wrong let's try something else yeah it's like make the choice yeah make the choice lean hard into the choice but then strong but wrong okay let's try something else like you can't be too precious about the strong choice you've made i genuinely think that that is a life skill i think they should teach in schools yes agreed and that's something you learned from this podcast because we've been strong from ro- but wrong, probably a lot of times. probably every episode
1: if like a real like a real person went back. yeah, L- not that we're not real. I think they'd probably find some kind of factual inaccuracy. yeah or they were like what? in every episode
0: <laughs> for sure, for sure. Grammar
1: inaccuracy definitely. oh yeah.
0: But you guys don't, you guys come here for some factual accuracy, but I think also just to chat. You come here for vibes. You come here, and this is, I do this with podcasts a lot. I feel you come here to hear something cool and be like, I have to Google that and go down a Wikipedia rabbit hole. Yeah.
1: You come here to maybe find a new thought piece yeah. that you haven't read before. That's actually a great, that's a very good segue. I didn't even do that on purpose. I
0: thought you were setting me up No, but I Allison. am, but I did.
1: Wow. I should have.
0: I should have just lobbed it Oh over. my God. Ow. What a segue. Oh, you're welcome. You are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Today, folks, I'm going to be talking about, to Allie and to all of you, about the bad art friend, which uh, is probably ringing some bells and or you're like, oh my god. Yep. Because this was, what I'm going to talk to you about today, the like bulk of it is basically just an abridged version of the article Who is the Bad Art Friend by Robert Kolker that appeared in the New York Times in 2021. A a good portion of this, there will be extra stuff at the end, but a good portion of this is just going to be me retelling this story to you. But let me tell you, in 2021, it caught the internet by storm. Everybody was tweeting about this. Everybody had an opinion about it. Everybody had an opinion about it. And I figured, like, that's the joy of taking two years off from this podcast, three years off from this podcast, is that... Now I get to talk about stuff that happened in 2021 because I never got to talk to you about it then.
1: Yeah, we got to dive back into the black hole of when we were missing. Yes. I also want to say that I'm particularly thrilled about this because this shit is right up my alley. I love reading something that people have a strong opinion about and I'm like, ooh, what's my strong opinion going to be? Because yes. there's like, I'm one of those insufferable people who like, I have an opinion about everything and like just sort of need to let things go. Mm. Um, But for whatever reason... When I was reading this, I was just not in a headspace, like, to... To make the opinion. Really, to read. Yeah. I just was like, you know when you're not really ready to read the English language? Like, you just are like, I can't take in these words. I'm not... I'm not... It can't be coherent right now. It's one of those days.
0: I do that all the time. Even, like, on a TikTok. Like, I'll watch the beginning of a TikTok that's describing, like, something that I'm like, oh, in theory, this will interest me. And then 10 seconds in, I'm like... I'm not in the mental headspace to take... This is interesting. I can't take this yeah, right now. Yeah, too much.
1: Too much. Yeah. I want a panda licking honey off of a crate.
0: Yeah, I want someone telling a story on the left side of the screen and on the right side of the screen. It's like one of those games where someone's like on a skateboard trying to avoid trains. Uh, that's what I need to be watching right now. Yeah, I
1: want a, a dog who's found an extremely large stick. Yes. And is carrying a stick around. And everyone's
0: going, good job.
1: Good job, dog. <laughs> So anyway, that is all to say. Today
0: <laughs> is not one of those. days. That's not one of those days. And
1: if you're having that day, I respect you. Take a lap. Yeah, you're good. Come Go back, back to it.
0: one of our stupider episodes. Yeah. We've got them. The great thing about podcasts, just listen to them whenever. Whenever. You know, we're not we're not cable TV. You don't have to catch us at a specific time. And again, as we've said, we
1: are not not first of all not journalists. No, <laughs> definitely not. For and sure. Not super worried about. Facts. So, so I think this will be, this will be more of a cerebral, cool, liberal girl uh, epi, epi. Ooh. Um, but I think there's plenty about like, I don't know, there's volcanoes and... That'll come when it comes. Condoms and Absolutely. sex positions or whatever. A condom
0: will definitely come when it comes.
1: That's, that's true.
0: <laughs> or it won't. Okay. <laughs> so, I feel like this is kind of fun, Allie, because I've brought you podcast drama I've brought you reality TV drama. Mm -hmm. Today we're talking about literary drama. Today, pinky out, we're fancy. We're talking about something Uh, heightened, which is literature, but it's still so messy. It's our only night to be fancy. It really is. We should have worn gowns for this. We should have. So I'm going to present the story that had us all wrapped in 2021, Who is the Bad Art Friend? Again, this was uh, a New York Times article by Robert Kolker. Um, and if this abridged version is interesting to you, for sure go read the full article because it's a really, I mean, there's a reason that it enraptured everyone on the, uh, on the internet.
1: Where was it written? Uh,
0: the New York Times.
1: Right, so that's like a little indie magazine. Yes. You can
0: find it, um, <laughs> but it might take a couple clicks. It's just a little uh, literary journal. Yeah. So, here we go. It's time to talk about The Bad Art Friend. Our story begins with two writers, Don Dorland and Sonia Larson. Two great author names, I will say. Perfect. Don and Sonia. Perfect. Uh, Don and Sonia, they're both aspiring authors and they meet at the Grub Street Writing Center in our very own Boston, Massachusetts. I remember Grub Street. I do. I applied for jobs there at yep. certain times same. in my life. So they run in the same circles of up and coming writers there. Uh, although Sonia is definitely more, like, entrenched in the community and further along in her writing career than Dawn, they're still friends, they're, like, at a lot of the same functions, they're, you know, I think at one point Sonia's like, oh, Don you should apply for this job here, and even though Dawn doesn't get it, it's still, like, a nice, like, very welcoming community to her. Dawn's totally considering Grub Street and Sonia, like, a deep part of her community, they're working together, um, on various things, And then even when Dawn moves away from Boston to L.A., she still considers Sonia a really good friend of hers. Eight years later, Dawn decides to do something very selfless. She decides to donate her kidney, not to a specific friend or relative in need, but as a non-directed donation, which is just intended for whoever needs it most, which is a very rare thing to do. Like, I think it's like 0.1% or something like that of kidney donations, are non-directed, just take my kidney, give it to whoever.
1: Yes, that is a truly
0: incredible service. Yes, absolutely it is. And so as the surgery is quickly approaching, Dawn decides to start a Facebook group. It's 2015 for reference. Um, and Yeah, right. So she starts this Facebook group and invites some of her closest friends and family so she can be updating about them about the surgery and her recovery. Of course, she adds her good friend, Sonia Larson, to the group, as well as a few other friends from the Grub Street days. And among her writings in this Facebook group, Dawn posts a letter she has written to the person receiving her kidney. Uh, It reads in part, and I'm reading you this excerpt for a reason, so try to remember this excerpt. Dawn's letter. Personally, my childhood was marked by trauma and abuse. I didn't have the opportunity to form secure attachments with my family of origin. A positive outcome from my early life is empathy, that it opened a well of possibility between me and strangers. While perhaps many more people would be motivated to donate an organ to a friend or a family member in need, to me, the suffering of strangers is just as real. Throughout my preparation for becoming a donor, I focused the majority of my mental energy on imagining and celebrating you." So clearly this is a pretty intimate piece of writing. Uh, That Dawn is sharing with the group that's intended for, you know, a a person receiving the kidney. Mm -hmm. Dawn's recovery goes well. She gets to meet the person who got her kidney. Um, But then she notices that her good friend Sonia has seemingly never reacted to any of the posts on her kidney Facebook page. And so Dawn's gotten people who, like, have reacted a little bit oddly. Like, she says, and I've seen this from other people who have donated kidneys. They're like, either people are like, you're a saint Or they think you're, like, very weird when you do a non-directed kidney donation. Like, it's a weird dichotomy of... And people are like, and I'm neither. I just did something nice. But, like... Yeah. So she is noticing that Sonia's not reacting to anything, and she thinks to herself, how weird that my close good friend has never reacted to my posts. So she sends an email to Sonia, like, just kind of hoping to catch up. Like, hey, it's been a while. How are you? Sonia replies but doesn't mention the kidney thing in the reply email, which clearly has been, like, a pretty big part of Dawn's life lately. And she's like, Sonia knows that I just donated my kidney. So Dawn replies, like, did you see I donated my kidney? And Sonia basically writes back, oh, yeah, I did. That's awesome. And Dawn's like, if it's so awesome, why don't you like my Facebook posts? But whatever. Okay. We're...
1: (laughs) The the wheels are starting to <laughs> rattle on the track. Do you a little know bit, what I'm saying? A little bit. Just a little. Like, didn't you see my my deed?
0: My, <laughs> my good deed? Posts? My very good deed? Why aren't you liking my Facebook posts? That's a little bit of a crazy girl move. Yes. Uh, why aren't you liking my Facebook posts? Which, to uh, be fair, that's me saying that was Dawn's thought. She didn't tech email that back. She just was like... No, I,
1: I know what you yes. mean. But it's just like, that is definitely the vibe she's putting out. Yes, totally
0: it is. Here's the thing. It turns out Don considers Sonia a close, dear friend. Sonia kind of hates Don. Sonia finds Don very annoying. Um, Sonia is part of this writing group with a bunch of other Grub Street writers called the Chunky Monkeys. And as we'll see in texts from this group later released, she is shit-talking Don and her kidney thing all over the place in messages to her writing group. In one exchange between Sonia and a fellow Chunky Monkey named Whitney Scherer, the two reference how Don had just announced she'll be walking in the Rose Bowl parade as an ambassador for non-directed organ donations. And Don's post says, I'm thrilled to be part of their public face with the hashtags do more for each other and living kidney donation. Uh, Whitney texts Sonia, I'm now following Don Dorland's kidney posts with creepy fascination. Sonia replies, Oh my god, right? The whole thing, though I try to ignore it, persists in making me uncomfortable. I just can't help but think she's feeding off the whole thing. Of course, I feel evil saying this and can't really talk with anyone about it. Whitney texts back, I don't know, a hashtag seems to me like a cry for attention. And Sonia replies, What? Hashtag do more for each other? Like, what am I supposed to do? Donate my organs? They're literally, the released texts and group messages are wild. They're literally, she does not like this woman.
1: <laughs> I, I do not know how I'm going to shake out. <laughs> yeah. Usually I pick a forerunner, you know, of like, this is the person I support. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really am not sure yet. We're not sure yet. That's okay. Because I I'd shit talk people we sort of knew from yes. college
0: sometimes. Absolutely. We've done that.
1: But, but I don't Do have we, a running relationship with anyone. Like, if somebody's doing something wild on Facebook, will I screenshot it and send it to you? Certainly. Yeah. Certainly I will. But it's that's more of, like, our own fascination. It's not like I'm, you know, also have that person on the side is, like, talking
0: to me about it and thinks we're close. Exactly. Like that feels a little sinister. I agree. 100%. And I thought the same thing. I was like, have I found someone that we haven't talked to since college and sent Allie a message? Like, oh, my God, did you see what so-and-so posted? Yes, I've done that, but I don't have an ongoing relationship with so-and-so. That's where it starts to feel a little duplicitous. And
1: frankly, Sam, nothing makes me happier than when you do that. <laughs> I have to say, it's a it's like when you're like, can I just send you something? Oh my God. And I'm like, oh, yes.
0: that's Yes. I feel in a female friendship, there's nothing more powerful than the moment of like, can I say something kind of bitchy? And then yeah. it's like, we're locked in for life. We're best friends now.
1: And with Sam particularly, it will start with, <laughs> I just find it interesting. <laughs> like, I just like you'll just sort of start like, yeah, it's um, it's just kind of crazy to me how blah blah blah. Like this person is objectively a bitch, but you will never say that. You're too kind for that. You're just like I am weighing a couple of different sides of this, and I don't really know how I feel about it. And I'm like that person is a cunt. Uh, but you know, I I I can't wait to see what what happens. What Does happens? she find out, right. or how do
0: the texts get out? Well. So the question might be, why exactly is Don's kidney in this text thread between this writers group? Yeah. Uh, well, Sonia had just shared with her writers group a first draft of her new short story. It's called The Kindest, and it's about a Chinese American woman who receives an anonymous kidney donation from an egotistical white woman. But Dawn doesn't know about that yet. Mm. Don doesn't hear about the kindest until a year later when an old Grub Street friend of the both of them posts on Don's Facebook, Sonia read a cool story about giving out a kidney. You came to mind and I wondered if you were the source of inspiration. Still impressed you did this as just like a Facebook quote. Did she read the story? Because I can't imagine that it placed her in a good light. Well, so you, I guess it was a reading, like it was a public reading. Oh, okay. And the guy was like, "Oh, you're writing a story about a kidney. I wonder if Don's the inspiration. I know you guys are friends." And she, right, 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 famously donated her kidney. So he posts on Don's wall Got like, it. "Oh, were you the inspiration for this?" Got it. Don's like, "Am I the inspiration?" Because Sonia really didn't seem like she gave a shit about my kidney donation. Like it seemed very clear to Don that. Like, even if there was no bad blood, like, it just seems like Sonia was not interested in interacting with her about the kidney donation. So she reaches out again. uh, And this is all, this next section is from um, the article. So uh, Don reaches out, hey, I heard you wrote a kidney donation story. Cool. Can I read it? Um, And that's like within the context of a longer email, but she just kind of like inserts that one sentence of like... Heard you wrote about kidney donation. That's cool. I love writing an email where all I really
1: have to do is convey (laughs) six words to someone, but I got to write a whole email about it. Yep.
0: Ten days later, Sonia writes back saying, yes, she was working on a story, quote, about a woman who receives a kidney, partially inspired by how my imagination took off after learning of your own tremendous donation. In her writing, she spun out a scenario based not on Dorland, she said, but it's something else, themes that had always fascinated her. I hope it doesn't feel too weird that your gift may have inspired a work of art, Larson wrote. Dorland wrote back within hours. So again, Sonia took 10 days to respond. Dawn's responding immediately. <laughs> Dorland wrote back within hours. She admitted to being a little surprised, especially since we're friends and you hadn't mentioned it. The next day, Larson replied, her tone a bit removed, Stressing that her story was not about you or your particular gift, but about narrative possibilities I began thinking about. But Dorlin pressed on. It's the interpersonal layer that feels off to me, Sonia. You seemed not to be aware of my donation until I pointed it out. But if you had already kicked off your fictional project at this time, well, I think your behavior is a little deceptive, or at least weird. I think I'd agree with that. Larson's answer this time was even cooler. Before this email exchange, she wrote, I hadn't considered that my individual vocal support or absence of it was of such significance. Which, though shrouded in polite tease, was a different point altogether. Who, Larson seemed to be saying, said we were such good friends. Mm. Um, that's devastating. The article's so good, you guys. You gotta read it. Yeah. Honestly. But. Knife to the heart. This email exchange continues. Um, A lot from Dawn, with very little coming back from Sonia. And finally, Sonia throws down the gauntlet. I myself have seen references to my own life in others' fiction, and it certainly felt weird at first. I maintain that they have a right to write about what they want, as do I, and as do you. For me, honoring another's artistic freedom is a gesture of friendship and of trust. An interesting note here is that it feels like, from the beginning, Sonia and Dawn have been saying two different things to each other. Don has been saying, I thought you were my friend, but you wrote a story about something personal to me that you never seemed interested in without ever mentioning it to me. What's up with that? And Sonia has been saying, artists get inspiration from all over the place. You didn't inspire my story and you have no say over it. And like, I think both of those things are kind of Those things are right, yeah. And I think Sonia, like, though it was
1: weird... She has every right to do literally whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. Like, she can. And, and, you know, maybe it was kind of inspired by that, and maybe it wasn't. Like, who knows?
0: Yeah. But I think also Dawn is right in what she said. Like, it's the interpersonal aspect of, like, this was weird for our friendship. I'm not saying anything about your story. And
1: also now knowing that the genesis of the story started when she was shit-talking this, like, yeah, it probably is absolutely about that. Yeah. But, again, that's her right. Like, if it's mean... It's her right to be mean. Yeah. It's it's your
0: right as an artist to do whatever the fuck you want. Totally. Now, mind you, at this point, Dawn does not even know what The Kindest is about. She just knows that it is a story about kidney donation. And like you just made the point of, like, it feels weird that she wrote this story about kidney donation and didn't contact her friend who had donated a kidney. Well, not even so much of that, but the fact that,
1: like, I think she pointed at a good point when she was like okay, you didn't even really mention it in our correspondence, mm-hmm. yet right now you're saying that you were having a lot of thoughts about that. Yeah. So why wouldn't it have come up in conversation? That does feel weird. Like, I would say that to a friend, probably. Mm-hmm. Not as, like, a how dare you, yeah. but as just, like, why? Y- yeah, like, if we were chatting, mm-hmm. that seems a little odd. It yeah. would seem
0: odd to me. I it don't know if I'd tell them it seems odd, but it would feel odd Exactly. To me. And so, again... Dawn does not know what the kindness is about, just that it exists. And the email exchange kind of tries to end on a peaceful note with Sonia saying, I value our relationship. I regret my part in miscommunications and misunderstandings. And she's mentions that she's still working on the story, i.e. that like, it's not done yet. It's maybe going to change. Um, I think she specifically says like, I'm not really ready to show it to anybody, um, even though she did a reading. <laughs> but yeah, I'm working on the story. Not long after, Don finds a version of The Kindest available on Audible. <laughs> and so clearly, at least is done enough to publish somewhere. Right. At first, she decides she doesn't want to listen to it. She just has a feeling her feelings will get hurt if, it do- if she does. But the story keeps popping up. Uh, in August of 2017, it appears in the American Short Fiction magazine. Again, Don's like, I'm just not going to go there. And then in 2018, the paywall on the story is dropped from the website, which means that, like, anybody who wants to read it can read it, not just somebody paying. And so John decides it's finally time to read the story. To talk about the story itself. So Sonia herself is mixed race with a Chinese-American mother and a white father. And a lot of her stories, including this one, talk about kind of the othered experience of living in a white world as a person of color. Uh, in The Kindest, the protagonist, Chun Tao is an alcoholic who gets in a car crash while driving drunk, and that makes her need a new kidney. A donor appears who wants to give a kidney in a non-directed donation, and then meet the recipient. The don- donor's name is Rose, um, but in early drafts, the donor's name is Dawn. Anyways. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't <laughs> do that. That's never in a published version, but in like of the course. very of earliest it drafts, it's Dawn. Anyways, the story is about them meeting and how what Rose is really seeking is gratitude and acknowledgement, and Chun Tao just like will not give her those things. And although they're both flawed characters, Chun Tao is definitely the protagonist, and Rose is clearly there to be analyzed and judged rather than understood. Um, And just to make it clear, like, that opinion, I haven't read The Kindest, so that opinion's coming from the article itself, the New York Times article. And a review I read in The New Yorker by Katie Waldman. Like, that was kind of a feeling from those reviews. The thing that upsets Dawn the most, however, is that early in the story, Tao receives a letter from Rose. And the letter feels really familiar to Dawn. Mm. And here's that letter. I myself know something of suffering, but in those experiences, I've acquired both courage and perseverance. I've also learned to appreciate the hardship that others are going through, no matter how foreign. Whatever you've endured, remember that you are never alone. As I prepare to make this donation, I drew strength from knowing that my recipient would get a second chance of life. I withstood the pain by imagining and rejoicing in you. Okay, you can't do that. You can't do that. For Dawn, this is feeling way too similar to the letter she posted in her kidney Facebook group. It's been years since they corresponded about the story, and Don feels like, A, clearly it was based on that, come on, and B, Sonia's now had years to make the letter less similar to Don's. It would be so easy to do something different. Yeah, like, even if, sure, like, you took my letter as inspiration, that obviously sucks. But you've now had years and drafts and drafts and drafts to not do that. Right. And you still haven't. And so this part is, again, from the New York Times article. Larson had been so insistent that Dorland was being out of line, breaking the rules, playing the game wrong, needing something she shouldn't even want. Basically, she'd said, I think you're being a bad art friend. Dorland told me, the me being Robert Coco from New York Times. The argument suddenly seemed flimsy. Sure, Larson had a right to self-expression, but with someone else's words, who was the bad art friend now? The <laughs> Seems article like is so the bad. The
1: bad art friend <laughs> is on
0: the other friend. F- friend. <laughs> you know? Amen. So, this is now a new issue for Dawn, right? It's no longer about the interpersonal, I thought we were friends. Instead, it's, you've taken something I wrote and put it in your story. Pseudo plagiarism. Yeah. Then Don finds out the kindest has been chosen for One City, One Story, which is sponsored by the Boston Book Festival. And what One City, One Story does is give out 30,000 free copies of it throughout Boston. So like 30,000 people now in Boston, in theory, are going to read this story that Don feels like is plagiarizing her.
1: Yeah, it's more about like, I believe that this is my my artistic work. Yeah. Even if she didn't intend it as an artistic work at the time, if it's coming from her imagination,
0: that's her artistic work. Exactly. So, Don contacts American Short Fiction Magazine where the short story is published, the Boston Book Festival, and Grub Street alleging this plagiarism. She gets like kind of mixed things from them back, like nothing super definite, but she's basically just like anyone with a connection to Sonia now, I'm sending emails cuz this is fucked up. She emails, like, places that Sonia's had, like, a residency, places that have funded Sonia, like, any of it. She emails the Boston Globe to let them know that this book that's going to be distributed throughout Boston is plagiarized. The Boston Book Festival at first just kind of asks Sonia to change the letter, and Sonia's like, sure, but ultimately, because of it, ends up canceling, so, like, The Kindest is no longer being distributed, 30,000 copies. Sonia lawyers up to fight the plagiarism accusation, and that causes Dawn to lawyer up as well. Uh, The Grub Street community and the Chunky Monkeys are all standing behind Sonia really, really firmly. They're like, this is ridiculous that she wants say over another artist's work. Like, this had nothing to do with Dawn. Like, she's being so not reasonable. It's not plagiarism. It's just inspiration. It's ridiculous to prevent the book from getting featured over, like, a letter. And one thing that they argue is that, like, a letter to an organ recipient, like, is basically a genre. Like, all letters to organ recipients are kind of the same. When it's like, I'm so happy for you and the life you'll get to lead now that you get this organ. Yeah, but, like, the last sentence is basically the exact same. I know. And
1: the, this is the thing that's making me kind of pissed off on the on the whole is that, like, that story sounds really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I do actually think that that is a valuable perspective. And Sonia's perspective on Dawn's experience Mm -hmm. is a valuable perspective. Dawn as like a white woman coming in and being like, I'm doing this great thing and I'm going to put it on Facebook, whatever you think of that, you know, I, I don't know how it would feel as like a person of color to come in and see that and be like, you know I I could even understand like being like why do white women need to be applauded for everything yeah do you know what I mean why do you how is a good deed a good deed if you need a pat on the back Mm -hmm. that's a really philosophically interesting question that's something I would want to read just change the fucking letter (laughs) just change the letter it's that simple and you you can't do that you can't you can't
0: that's the line Mm -hmm. right like you can't steal somebody's words Exactly. And so this argument that the letter is basically a genre, it's not stealing from Don, it gets really undermined because Don finds a slightly older version of the Kindest online. Again, publicly printed online. So like not the final version, but like certainly existing on the internet. And that version of the letter has lines word for word ripped from Don's letter. Right. So here, so Don's original letter Personally, my childhood was marked by trauma and abuse. I didn't have the opportunity to form secure attachments with my family of origin. A positive outcome from my early life is empathy. That it opened a well of possibility between me and strangers. While perhaps many more people would be motivated to donate an organ to a friend or a family member in need, to me, the suffering of strangers is just as real. That's from Dorland's original letter. Sonia Larson's original version of the letter, that again, like, was changed by the time it was at the Boston Book Festival, is... My own childhood was marked by trauma and abuse. I wasn't given an opportunity to form secure attachments with my family of origin.
1: That's the same.
0: In adulthood, that experience provided a strong sense of empathy, while others might desire to give to a family member or friend. To me, the suffering of strangers is just as real. They're almost word for word the same. Yeah. In this original version. That
1: wouldn't pass in a high school classroom.
0: Yeah. And so, again, like... Not the version that was trying to go to the Boston Book Festival. The Boston Book Festival was like, Sonia, will you change the letter a little bit? And Sonia was like, yeah, happy to. And also, Sonia had gone back to some of these older Audible versions, asking them to be edited and removed, saying um, to the audio publisher, uh, audio publisher that the text included a couple sentences that I'd excerpted from a real-life letter. And she also remarked of Dawn, she seemed to think that she had ownership over the topic of kidney donation. It made me realize she's very obsessive. So like all, never missing an opportunity to shit talk Don. Truly never missing. Yeah. One opportunity to do that. And it's like just come clean. Be like, yeah, it was inspired
1: by that. I did do that in early drafts, but my perspective still matters. Yeah.
0: My, my perspective
1: on her experience is a different perspective. Exactly. And so just own it.
0: <laughs> it seems pretty clear. Don's concerns that Sonia was observing her kidney Facebook group, thinking of her while she was writing the story, etc., are confirmed here in materials later released by the court. Sonia even says to a friend in her Chunky Monkey group, I think I'm done with the kidney story, but I feel nervous about sending it out because it literally has sentences I verbatim grabbed from Dawn's letter on Facebook. I've tried to change it, but I can't seem to. The letter was just too damn good. I'm not sure what to do, feeling morally compromised slash like a good artist, but a shitty person. So like, I don't think that is a good artist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she's a good
1: artist if she was lauded in this way, but no, that isn't, if you can't find something emotionally resonant to your story with your own brain,
0: that's not good art. That's not good art. Absolutely. At this point, Sonia's really frustrated. Like her book has been canceled at the Boston Book Festival. So she writes in the Globe, which had done a previous story covering the initial accusation. Uh, Sonia writes, my piece is fiction. It is not her story. And my letter is not her letter. It was at one point, but whatever. She, is that in there? <laughs> no, I, I just... You did that. That's yeah. me editorializing, but... Um, <laughs> and she shouldn't want it to be. She shouldn't want to be associated with my story's portrayal and critique of white savior dynamics. But her recent behavior, ironically, is exhibiting the very blindness I'm writing about, as she demands explicit identification in, and credit for, a writer of color's work. So now Sonia's is also kind of slightly pivoting from artists don't have a say against other artists' work to this is an example of a white person taking credit for a person of color's work. Like it's a slight pivot in the way she's talking about it when she writes right. in the Globe. Uh, and the story ends, as many stories do, in a court of law. <laughs> so Dawn is suing for $15,000 in damages. That's mostly to cover her legal fees. Uh, yeah, that doesn't seem like that much. With the demand that Larson promises basically, like, not to publish The Kindest. And if she does, to pay Dawn $180,000 if she ever publishes The Kindest anywhere. So, like, just don't even publish that story ever again. Sonia also sued Dawn, and I think, in fact, she beat her to it. Um, like, she, Sonia sued Dawn first, and then Dawn, like, countersued. Uh, she sued both her and her Dawn's lawyer in federal court for defamation and torturous interference, basically spreading lies about Sonia and trying to tank her career. Uh, And that's where the original bad art friend story ends, is this place of like, who is the bad art friend? And again, it's a really well written piece, I encourage everyone to read it. And I think when you read the original, you do kind of end up in a place where you're like, man, like, Sonia was definitely a shitty friend, right? Like, Sonia yeah. was not a good friend to Dawn. Definitely exerted her letters in ways that she shouldn't have, although by the time it was, like, the finished piece, maybe they were slightly less recognizable, although still kind of recognizable. But also, Sonia, like, sometimes you gotta let go. Sometimes you gotta let people look at your Facebook page and not get upset about it. Like, sometimes da-da-da. Like, I think you end the original article feeling a little bit more like, yeah, they both kind of suck like this. No, I totally agree. Yeah.
1: And I do think that Sonia's perspective of like, why, why does this white woman want to come in and like claim ownership over my work is definitely a pattern. It's just unfortunate that she's pointing out a real pattern with something that is so obviously plagiarism yeah do you know what I mean like the lines are the same Mm -hmm. and I wish and again like there's a difference between being a bad friend and doing something legally wrong yes and sometimes doing something legally wrong doesn't feel that ethically bad and doing something really ethically bad isn't illegal Mm -hmm. and what do you do with that yeah totally true
0: But I wanted to do a little bit of an addendum to the bottom. Yeah, what happened? What happened? I need to know. Yes. so in September of 2023, very recently, the court finally ruled on Don and Sonia's lawsuits. Uh, And here's a write-up from Emily Temple at Lit Hub Hub to explain. Uh, Judge Indira Talwani ruled that Larson's story, The Kindest, was protected by fair use, in large part because the story does not mirror the tone and purpose of the original letter Dorland posted on Facebook and built on her thoughts, emotions, feelings about altruistic kitty donation. So basically like nothing else about the kindest mirrors Dawn. So it's fair use because it's transformative. Oh, totally agree. Totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. The judge ruled that although D- Dorland argued that bad faith personal comments that Larson made about her in group chats with friends should foreclose fair use, Talwani said it does not change Larson's entitlement to the legal defense. So, like, Dawn was basically like, is it no longer fair use of my words because she fucking hates me and made that very clear. And uh, the judge was like, no, she's still entitled to fair use as a legal defense. However, the court ruled against Larson on her defamation and intentional interference claims because there's no evidence she suffered any economic loss. So, although, like, her book would have been brought to a lot of people in the Boston Book Festival like she wouldn't have made any money from that it was just like a fun volunteer like thing she got to do that she didn't lose money on it technically also well, now
1: she's changed the letter mm-hmm. so absolutely fair use yeah so like that's the thing is like it's not like oh i'm on Dawn's side i'm not on anyone's side yeah. seriously but it's like yeah there's one there's a there's one version that's not right, mm-hmm. It's that's unethical and illegal yeah. with plagiarized words, and
0: there's one that's not.
1: Totally. And the one that's not is the one that she's going to move forward with,
0: so yeah, have at it. But basically, the judge was like, Sonia also doesn't get any money because of defamation because it's pretty clear she did plagiarize the original version. Absolutely. That, so feels, like, that feels fair. So, like, Dawn was right that she plagiarized. Um, and I agree
1: that the judge was also right that she's still allowed to to have her opinion and her yeah. say and that that story... It's still fair use. It's fair use. Totally.
0: Um, so overall, that ruling makes sense to me. They basically, like, both didn't quite get what they wanted, but... I feel like the judge is like, all right, relax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the other interesting addendum that I'd like to add comes from Twitter. Uh, it's a Twitter that I found while researching this story called At Kidneygate. Um, and basically, Kidneygate's mission, as this was all coming out in 2021 was to highlight context left out of the original bad art friend story. And I think they make a couple really interesting valid points. So I wanted to share them here. Thank you at KidneyGate for all of this. So number one, the whole um, Don was upset because Sonia never commented in Don's Facebook group has a teeny bit more detail, and it's this. The group was like two dozen people, so it wasn't that big. It was like 20-something people. And Don could see who was like viewing posts. So the reason Dawn reached out to Sonia was that she could see that Sonia was actively viewing every single post, but never liking or commenting. And so it wasn't just that it was like, not everybody in my Facebook group has liked everything I post. It was like, hey, I see that you are looking at it, but you're never saying anything about it. So like, that was the weird behavior that Dawn noticed, which I think is like an interesting distinction to make, because like... I was definitely imagining she was just like I agree. Yeah. I have 20 people in this group and I got 20 likes. I did well, like, but it it was that she was seeing Sonia actively click into the group and look at things but never interact and yeah. that was the weird part
1: which is what I would do totally if somebody invited me to a Facebook <laughs> group like that. I'd be reading I would be reading all of it. Though so I'd probably like one or two. Exactly. Even if you don't care that much, it would be like made it out of the surgery and you'd be like, "Like, great." And then part of me also like totally agrees with Sonia of like, "All right, we get it." <laughs> like well, you so- did you, you did a good thing. And good. And good for you. Yes. And and are you being a little annoying about it? A little <laughs> holier than thou? Absolutely you are. But whatever somebody's getting a kidney out of it i'm like have at it you know what i mean like if you want to go get your laurels go get
0: them why not there is actually an interesting point on that i'll make in a second but the another thing don's letter was not to the person getting her kidney but to the end of the donation change she started so basically don decides to donate her kidney to unassigned like to whoever she gets matched with a guy who needs a kidney That man's wife was not a match for him, but she's so like thrilled and touched by the fact that this random woman is donating a kidney that she decides I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to donate my kidney to whoever needs it because I'm so grateful for this person donating it to my husband. And because she would have done it for her husband if she could have. Yes. Exactly. So she gets inspired. That's great. And so then that kidney goes to someone else who like did not have any matching or active family in their life to give them that kidney. And so Dawn's letter is for that person, not for the person directly getting her kidney, which I think is just like an interesting point. And I think also gives like, KidneyGate pointed out, it gives like a different context to the letter. Like, Dawn is maybe bringing up her own complicated upbringing and family history there to tactfully say to the person, like, I get having the fear that no one's going to give you a kidney and you're still worth receiving a kidney in the end. And I feel so happy that my donation prompted, like, a series of kindness that got you a kidney. yeah. And so I do think that's, like, an interesting difference. Like, it's not just, like, I'm giving you my kidney because I've been thinking about you. It's, like, I'm so grateful that this series of generosity... does seem a little
1: different. Right?
0: It just gives it, like, a little bit of a different uh, feeling. Kidney gate. Yeah. (laughs) Kidney gate. I know. I love at kidney gate. And number three, and this, I think, gets really interestingly to your point, Allie. So in the texts and the emails and Sonia and her friends, they often discuss how weird and cringy they find Dawn's talk about her kidney donation. But there is a huge need for non-directed kidney donations like Dawn's. And talking about it as like kind of proven to have a tangible impact in raising awareness, hospitals are always encouraging their donors to speak out and doing like donor of the month on our social media and this and that. Yeah. And Dawn's story, like not only did it inspire the wife of the person that she donated the kidney to to do a non-directed, but there was, and it's unfortunately the, like the video doesn't exist anymore, but there was a tweet about the video where someone says like, I saw this lady like walk at the Rose Bowl parade and it made me realize that I could do a non-directed kidney donation and that's Dawn. So Dawn directly inspired at least two more kidney donations yeah. by being like, by doing by it being and being vocal, vocal and open yeah. about it. And there's like 100,000 people on the kidney waiting list at any given year. And it's like, is it weird and cringy and it seems like someone's asking for accolades? Yes.
1: And is it probably at, to some point, a little self-motivated? Yes. Sure.
0: We're human beings. But I think if you asked like a doctor, they'd be like, I want my kidney donors to tell... Do it. To hashtag everything. Do it. Talk about it with everyone. So... Yeah, so I just thought, like, when I when I reached that, <laughs> I read that Twitter, I found it at, like, 10 p.m. And I was like, guess I'm staying up for another two hours. Like, I went through. Oh, my and God. And they make a lot more interesting, like, points on KidneyGate. They talk about, like, at Grub Street, I guess at some point, because Don, Dawn was still doing, like, teaching, like, classes for them at, like, functions and stuff even after she moved away. And she eventually did, like, an HR complaint about Sonia. And, like, that was really badly handled by the whole Grub Street team. And, like, Mm -hmm. so many of those people were, like, actively shit-talking Don in the group chat and then would be, like, part of the team doing the HR. And it was, like, that doesn't make sense because you hate this lady. Like, you shouldn't be on the team investigating her accusation of HR. Like, so I highly recommend read this article for sure. Like, read Who is the Bad Art Friend. But then I also recommend you go to at KidneyGate on Twitter and like further immerse yourself. They don't post anymore, but I think it's like really interesting to get some of the context that the article left out. But do
1: you know what the, the funniest thing to me in the end? Um, think about how many more people know she donated a kidney now yeah, and how many more people have read The Kindest probably. Exactly. Um, I don't know.
0: Everybody wins, right? In a way, no, no press is bad press. No press is bad press. They always say that. But yeah, so that's the bad art friend. So so I think we are kind of ending up in the same place where we're like, Sonia can do whatever she wants with the inspiration of a, a non-directed kidney donation, but she was a bad friend and she did plagiarize that letter and should have changed it more than she did. Yeah, like, I think that's kind of where at this point most people fall. But when it first happened, I think there was a lot more divisive conversation about it because of the way the article's written I I more just find that kind of lazy mm. it's like
1: just change it just yeah. change it of course of course if you publish a thing about a kidney donation a person in your academic circle who gave a kidney who you've already had a conversation they're gonna read it and realize what ha- of course that's gonna happen I, I kind of feel like you know what? You know what? What? Maybe it was endgame. Maybe Sonia was like, if I get a little plagiarism, anger kicked
0: up, it's going to be it's gonna be in the papers and people will read the kindest. So that's so interesting that you're saying that. So I didn't bring this up, but now that you've said this, I want to. Dawn in The Bad Art Friend also kind of wonders if Sonia wanted her to read this and feel bad someday. And an interesting note that like they opened that essay with, but that I didn't go into, is that like Dawn is someone who signs all of her emails, kindly Dawn. Like that's just the email signature she always chooses. And so the story's the kindest, interesting, but also after they had to change the letter, she changed it. It was originally like sincerely Rose, and Sonia changed it to kindly Rose. And Sonya's like, it's just mimicking the title. Like, it doesn't mean anything. But, like, it fucking means something. Of course it does. And in the Chunky Monkey leaked text, someone had said that she should rename the story Kindly, Dawn. So clearly they all recognized that that was Dawn's email signature of choice. And by keeping it in the and adding it to the letter, even after you changed the text of the letter, it's still a fuck you. It is.
1: And I think that's the thing is, like just own it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you're allowed to do that, yeah. but don't act like, don't act like it's not inspired by that. Just cause like, that's the thing that I think I'm annoyed with is like, Sonia, you're allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. It, a lot of people are going to be like, <laughs> that kind of sucks, yeah. <laughs> but you're allowed to do it. And I don't know, it's kind of spicy and interesting and it's got intrigue and you're calling somebody out. It's like, you know Kanye and Taylor, like let's get like let's get the media on this, like I, I just but just own it, like don't do this. It feels like kind of pussyfooting around, like like oh no, it's just from no, and like we all know that that's not true. So I don't know. I have more of an issue with tone than with the actual facts of what happened. But yeah, For I sure. that's crazy.
0: Wow. Oh my God. My. My heart is racing. I know. And so that's the bad art friend. Guys, if you have any thoughts or if you have, if you also ran a Twitter about the bad art friend in 2021 and you have more spicy information for us, has, you have a take. Has somebody bad art friended you? Has someone bad art friended you? I want to know that. Wow. Has anyone ever bad art friended me? I don't think so. I will say I've in my life, I don't write fiction much anymore. I usually write for this podcast, which is nonfiction. Um, but I've had ideas for stuff that were like definitely based on people. And I've thought to myself, like, I can't write this cause that person will be mad. <laughs> I've, writ- ever...
1: I've written about, I've written a lot of like sort of short stories or like beginnings of books and stuff. I never finish anything, mm-hmm. but, um, I feel like anytime there is a friend to the protagonist, it's you Aww. and always it's like Nat or <laughs> three, three
0: letters, Jen or
1: something that's three letters. Um, that is just all, it's just because you're my best friend. So I'm like, what, what, what would a good friend say? (laughs) She'd say this. (laughs) She'd say this. Um, but I think that's a little more allowed if you're like taking, you know, like I, I would think of the same thing if I was writing a wise father figure mm -hmm. who, you know, is in a story, I'd think of my dad. If I was, you know, writing a mom, I think of my mom sometimes. And then. Well the, the the trouble with that though is like if you write like some horrible evil mom figure yes. and then your mom reads it and is like what the fuck like, like I, I mean, thought we had a good relationship and then you're like no 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 it's fiction you yeah. can't
0: do that I'm imagining you writing a story about like there's this man, he's an idiot, and he's allergic to peanuts. And Chris is like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Why? you like, I was just inspired by the fact that you have to carry that EpiPen everywhere. It makes you look dumb. And I married him, and I fucking hate him.
1: <laughs> Reader, I fucking married him. Um, yeah, that would be hilarious. And then I'd be the bad art wife. And then wife. you'd be a bad art, <laughs> bad, art oh bad, art bad art wife. Bad
0: art wife. Oh, my God. Bad art wife. Bad
1: art wife. Oh my! We gotta stop
0: talking. We gotta we stop were talking. We're so over. <laughs>
1: we have to stop
0: talking I about this. We, I thought we'd go under, but we we went over. I
1: really desperately want people to um, email us uh, at uh, i'm horrified at gmail.com. Tell tell us who who you're, who whose side are you on? Yes. What are your hot takes? I want the hot takes. I
0: want them. Tell me everything. Please do. Please check out this defunct Twitter at yeah. KidneyGate. Kidney Tweet at us. <laughs> I want your I want your takes. Please. I would love that. Thank you guys so much for being here today, and can't wait till next week when we get to hear Allie talk about something. Yay! So fun,
1: so fun. But yeah, until next week, we hope you stay horrified. Stay horrified.